0: Sign up for Score North's Pick Your Prize. You can register daily through the Score North app or go to scorenorth.com keyword prize. Sweepstakes begins March 18th. Special thanks to our prize partners.
1: We now present Many Hills, Four Deep Thoughts on the Ride with Roycey.
2: Never have we needed a Four Deep Thoughts as bad as we do after this weekend with uh, the happenings that were taking place on the local sports
3: scene. And following suit, this will be, just like last week, the best Four Deep <laughs> Thoughts right. to date on I'm the Riders I'm predicting it
2: will be. Uh, I am predicting <laughs> it'll be fantastic. I don't know if you get a standing ovation like you did last week, but uh, that's fine.
3: Alright, number one.
0: Four-man pressure, Bordens turns and fires, and this one is nearly intercepted, and... It finally hits the ground after going through four
2: purple shirts. Play action. He's
0: firing the ball. It's intercepted. This one's picked off by Harrison Smith, the all-pro safety, who stepped right in front of D.D. Westbrook, and the Vikings have it in scoring
3: position. Okay. The Jacksonville Jaguars are a very, very talented football team. And, of course, they're coming off a season in which, they reached the AFC Championship game and were just a few minutes away, actually, from going to the Super Bowl. But Blake Bortles still stinks. <laughs> <He> <laughs> Even still though he stinks. had a fine first half in that game. Well, yeah, but that pick he threw to Harrison Smith mm-hmm. was bad. That was really bad, and the and the highlight Captain before to throw that. Threw on earlier, right? Yeah, and the one that I mean, I forget who it was that actually almost picked it off, but it was. I mean, he. I know Jalen Ramsey had his thing last week where he went around and he took some shots at some of the other quarterbacks in the league, but he's got to look in his own backyard, man. This kid is just not... What's his biggest
2: good? problem? The arm is okay. He's, got, he's a got decent
3: arm. The arm strength is there. He's just, uh, he has the doesn't, physical. Doesn't see. He's got receive. the size. He's mobile. He's got a strong arm, but he just doesn't the decision, see defenders, or what I, I don't know. He just deal? doesn't see defenders, and he's he's inaccurate sometimes. The decision making's not always that good, and I just if they if they don't contend again it's going to be because he's just not that good i think he's the the one weak leak on this team because everything else on their roster is actually really solid who was worse saturday him or cousins uh probably kirk was probably Mm. worse Mm -hmm. i would say cousins was probably Mm -hmm. worse but i'm not as worried about kirk cousins as i am about blake Bortles. i
2: did tweet out that wouldn't it be hilarious if he stunk (laughs) some people (laughs) i'm not predicting he'll stink i think he'll be fine it would be funny if he stopped You know, it would I was be funny. in attendance though.
0: <laughs> that offensive line was under siege that entire first drive. He, yeah. That who, the, who
2: played by the
0: way? Uh, only reef, I believe, I Reif, uh, of Reif Reif their was regular the only only starter. Was he,
2: yeah. So who's the left guard? Who did, Compton?
0: Compton was that, that was left Compton. guard. And
2: then we got well, the left line's not playing, so some kid.
0: And Remmers is supposed to be back this week. Who played right guard? I don't even. Was oh, it Isadora? Then. Is that who
3: played the starter? It might think. have been, yeah. And
2: Rashad Hill's their starter. He played, didn't he? Or didn't I, he I play did,
3: either? I did Saturday sports talk with Judd and Collar yes. on, on Saturday, and, and we one of the topics we got into was the offensive line, all the injuries and everything. And Collar was just throwing off names that I looked at Judd, I was like, I, I don't know who the hell any of these guys <laughs> are, that are that are getting thrown out there right now. Okay, so. and now
2: you raised a bigger issue, though. I know we're having changes around here. But we didn't get rid of Joey D, did we?
3: No. I was Joey, just, filling in, filling, oh, just filling in for Joey D. Oh, thank God! Just filling in for Joey D. He's
2: the backbone of this and operation. And I know why.
0: I saw Joey D on Saturday. Where?
2: At U.S. Bank
0: Stadium.
3: That's right.
2: Joey he was working the stands. He was working the stands, yeah. That's I bought right. a hat from Joey that's why D. That's why I was
3: in for okay. him. Yeah, <laughs> I had right. to help the industry. That's right. Joey D does
2: uh, does work over there at the, uh, at the U.S. Bank Stadium. I, thank God. I thought Joey D might be... A, I don't mind losing my job, but I'd be very upset if Joey D got... Got to
3: retain the dock of rocks. That's right. <laughs> All right, number two.
2: Be turn turned the corner
0: and get there. As Kessler watches right. the linebacker turn the corner and get there for a sack. and a flag thrown in the mix from Hockley.
2: No foul. Bluffing the passage
3: by the defense, number 56. Landing with his body weight on the quarterback. 15 yards, automatic. First down. All right, so this... I guess you can unofficially call it the Aaron Rodgers rule where you can't land on a quarterback with your entire body weight thing is just this is going to be something very very interesting to watch that this year because it just
2: that was not a slam and it was way.
3: a garbage call yes. and that is going to be something to watch this entire season because my fear is that something like that what we saw on Saturday is going to cost somebody a game Oh, During sure. A regular season, well, it's 15 be the
2: yards can cost you a game at any time. Mm-hmm. Right. You, that's not a 15 yard difference. That's a 25 yard difference. Right. Instead of dropping a guy for eight yards, you're Marching them fifteen yards further. You it's can't ridiculous. have a
0: penalty flag thrown every other play. It's no. making this yeah. game unwatchable.
2: Hockley's uh, kid is just as big an idiot. Oh as boy, he is. does he love the camera? <laughs> oh, just like he, uh, yeah. does he? Does he get the tight uh, guns? No, nah, he needs to work on the upper body. He, he
3: looks like he looks like dad in the face. He so looks exactly like his dad, but he's not built like it. We
2: talked to Seifert last week, and he said it hadn't been outrageous yet, but he sort of predicted. That they're gonna, there would probably mm-hmm. be more calls, and so what? What would that be based on the league saying, okay, call every little thing here to try to get him to change it, and then opening day we're not gonna. That's is that not gonna be a penalty? I the hope regular that's season? the case no.
0: because not, it's yeah. because Saturday was it was unwatchable it was at times. It was
3: a joke, and Cody Kessler, who was the quarterback in for the Jaguars at that time, he got up and he was fine. Yeah. the rest of the way oh, the so it's not Elaine like he, yeah it, 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 it's it's not like he oh the guy just landed his whole body on him and he's well, so hurt well, now the thing it's just about ridiculous
2: that, you know what I hate when they call penalties when I don't have the thought I wonder if that was a penalty you know what I'm saying is that's yeah. a play you watch and say okay what's what's the down yeah. now you don't say I wonder if that was a penalty there was there right. was no controversy
3: yeah it's just it's it's stupid but We'll see how it goes. All right, number three. Here's
0: Peterson up the middle, and he will take it all the way for an Arizona touchdown, 27 yards.
1: Energy
0: That Adrian Peterson brought with him, there's still patience as a runner. Look at this. See right there? He's looking.
2: He's evaluating. He sees the hole, and once he sees the gap, then he hurdles to it.
3: All right, so Adrian Peterson is signed with the Washington Redskins. Only took four injuries at
2: running back. He's ready to
3: go. <laughs> right. So my question for you guys is will he get a thousand yards this year? No. No. Not in that offense. No. Well, there's like four running backs on that team. Yeah, but they're all hurt. Well, but
0: Chris Thompson is still their featured back, isn't isn't he? I know he's banged up, but everybody hurt. The rookies out. The reason they signed
2: him is they're hurt. Well, they had a bunch of guys hurt. They got three, four guys hurt. That's why they signed him. I don't know. Do my big question is: Do the Vikings play them? Not
0: this year. Shucks.
2: Uh, well, yeah, good for Adrian. He hung around and he got a job. So let's see if he can do anything, but I don't think he'll... The best is I going to be when it. he when he has four
0: carries through the first two games. And it he starts is, pouting. Yeah. No, I think he'll keep his mouth shut. I think he learned his lesson you, last year. You think Adrian's smart enough to be self-aware yeah. enough
3: to not pout like he did against or did with the Saints?
2: Yes, I, am, I do okay. think that. He
3: first. might pout, but we probably won't hear about it too mm. much. Maybe yep. not. All right, number four. One, two. On the inside corner for strike three, froze Chapman with a
0: curveball. He thought it was inside as he has words with D.J. Rayburn, Verlander's fifth strikeout.
3: Swing and a miss, Verlander gets a strikeout of Lowry. And congratulations to Justin Verlander, who picks up his 200th career win. And I know in today's baseball, we don't focus too much on pitcher wins and everything, but this is still pretty cool. I think when a guy has been as good as Justin Verlander for as long for this long, I think you still got to talk about wins. So congratulations! I'm just to him glad on something wins.
0: something finally good in his life That's happened. Right.
2: <laughs> That's right. He's gonna have the first 150 uh, pound baby though. Uh, <laughs> Baby's going to be like six months old. is going to be the size of me, <laughs> but that's gonna But uh, good for him. Congratulations. Hey, that was that was good. Yeah. Not no standing old, but that was fine. That was I'll up to it. the standards we expect. All right, we shall return. Courtney Cronin will talk to us from Egan. Courtney Cronin covers the Vikings for ESPN.com. Even by preseason standards, that was a clunker on Saturday. Wow.
4: Yeah, it was pretty terrible. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was a thing that happened. I think that by the time we all got out of there, we were all happy it was over. And I'm sure the Vikings were, too. I mean, the offense did not look good. I mean, the only bright spot was that... Mike Boone had a nice performance, and maybe this uh, number three running back things is uh, finally starting to take shape. But, yeah, there, there was not a lot of good on either side to take away from that game.
2: Uh, big news today uh, is that Forbath uh, was uh, released, and the kicker will uh, be the uh, Dan Carlson, the kid from Auburn. I, uh, I can't imagine anybody's too surprised by this. Unless, no. unless Carlson had been terrible, uh, Spielman's going to take his guy.
4: Yeah, and, I mean, you, you, all signs pointed to this four months ago. You don't draft up into the fifth round to, to select a specialist uh, if you're not planning to keep that guy on the roster. When 4-3 when signed in, I think it was the end of March, uh, you know, that, that deal, all that was guaranteed was a $200,000 signing bonus. So, yeah, that's the dead money that they eat. But, you know, there was no there was no guaranteed money left on his one year you know, um, and he's been really inconsistent by, you know, the standards of what it was last year on extra points. He was thirty four of thirty nine, which was uh the worst in the league despite how accurate he was on field goals. So it's like, you know, maybe we should have made the extra points longer. So maybe he could have made them. I don't know if there's some mind game there with being a kicker. But um I don't think you can discredit you know, I know that there's you know, it was kind of just come to a margin of, for very little error with a guy like Daniel Carlson if we're following the same standard. But Tom Forbath, I mean, the Minneapolis Miracle was, you know, something that Stefan Diggs and Case Keenum will always be remembered for. But let's not forget, you know, there were some pretty big field goals that Forbath hit uh, at multiple points. I think mean, there's a 51 yarder in there, and there was, you know, multiple I think from 45 and beyond that he hit in that game. He did some good things, uh, you know, throughout his time here in Minnesota, he just, you know, struggled there on extra points, and, the real nail in the coffin uh, to just, you know, end this thing and let a dead dog lie with when he missed the 41-yard field goal on Saturday against Jacksonville.
2: I also think that they're doing him a favor by making the decision now because you never know who's going to be mad at their kicker after the last exhibition game and is uh, going to bring in, uh, you know, they bring in the three veterans and see who they like the best. That's, uh, you know what, here's my theory on it. You're getting Daniel Carlson, who's got the big leg, and if you're six weeks into the season, and he's becomes the second coming of Blair Walsh, there's guys like Kai Forbath out there trying out every week with teams. So, that's yeah,
4: and I mean he's been through it before. I mean the the example you bring up of you know coming down towards the stretch, I mean that was something that happened with him and the Saints in 2000, um, you know, la- ahead of last season. So yes. I mean that was that's it's something that I think these specialists are just kind of grown accustomed to, where you're either the flavor of the week or you know you're, you're you know what we talked about with him after the Baltimore game last year. I think he went six of six on field goals, or we're talking about you mix, missing extra points there's very little room to be mediocre, uh, which is why i 'm glad i 'm not a kicker because i don 't think I could mentally handle that.
2: Uh, Courtney, the more rules they come up with, uh, the more subjective it becomes for uh, officials. And you can go through the first two weeks like the Vikings did without, uh, you know, you can go through the first uh, exhibition game, second one, without tremendous uh, controversies. But if you get a guy, if you get a crew out there that... It's got the first name Hockley. they've gonna go nuts and uh, make it a you know make it all about themselves and I, I don't know how the hell does the NFL get any consistency in their officiating they, these crews don't you know you, you get every game gets refereed different it drive you'd have to drive you crazy if you were a player
4: yeah I think the interpretation of the rule is vastly different between different crews and you know we're seeing it called in a number of different ways, and that's the rule that we're referring to. I and mean, there's two of them. First is the Anthony Barr rule, which you know go ahead and put it in the rule book under section 12, you know, issue nine or whatever the heck it is um, about roughing the passer. It's the point of emphasis that they have this year that the Vikings were flagged for is the driving the guy into the ground. which Boo. We saw I know we saw <laughs> that one on uh, in the second half on on Saturday, which is where Antoine Williams was flag for that, it looked like a routine sack, but this is the NFL in 2018 where they're going to look at that last little up that you give to guys, and I think it's hard, because I don't know how you stop somebody in motion of doing that, but the more controversial rule is the helmet rule, which, you know, any offensive or defensive player that, you know, initiates contact to another, to their opponent's body with any part of the helmet, that's a 15-yard penalty. Well, we saw it called pretty poorly in the first uh, preseason game, the Hall of Fame game with Chicago. Um, and then, there were, you know, it was called pretty badly over the weekend. I think the San Francisco game was one of them. Uh, the Broncos game was another. And then with the Vikings, I mean, C.J. Ham, A.J. Bouye, gets flagged 15 yards, so that would look like your perfect form tackle on the sideline. So that's something that nobody is shy about right now. Richard Sherman came out with some pretty heated comments, and then Mike Zimmer and both Harrison Smith today said they're not going to be surprised uh, if that decides games this year because, of just the, ambigu- and the ambiguous nature of how it's being called by different crews. And, I don't know, you hope for the sake of the game they can work out some of these kinks now. Uh, You know, call it a bunch if you have to, and then kind of eat back come regular season.
2: Well, and Zimmer has kind of uh, until this point been, uh, you know, he was in on the decision and uh, you know, he was in on the discussion anyway. And uh he's kind of been well, even on the stupid roughing the passer thing, he 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 decided that he was going to side with the officials on it eventually yeah. after being screaming at him during the game, but uh you know, the the helmet, you know, they said that if the running back lowers his helmet, it's a penalty on him. Well, the running back lowered his helmet, as when he when he and the Jacksonville guy came together, they both had their helmets lowered. So, how do we decide who's the penalty on? It's dumb.
4: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think are going to need to be. It's one of these things where, hey, at least we don't have to worry about what a catch is anymore. I mean, that was the, yeah. that was the point of the last few years, but this one how do you adjust a rule in season? an issue weeks one, two, and three? And, you know, it's deciding games and, and it's being called at an absurd rate. Do you, how do you call an emergency session to kind of, you know, remedy some of the issues? And I know that it's new for the officials and they're trying to make it just like with the rules on kickoff and kickoff return. They're trying to make it as cut and dry as possible. It's hard to do with this one because, and I asked Harrison Smith about this, the point of, the point you're trying to make is like, okay, lead with your shoulder. Well, last I checked, your shoulder's about four inches from your head. Yes. And a lot of times it's so quick in how that's happening. It's all within the same fluid motion that your head's probably going to get there first. Um, it's tough. And, and these players are, you know, I'm not advocating for what Andrew is saying with his make football violent again um, in that notion. But I also think there's a happy medium of, this is this is absurd, and it's physically impossible to do with the way that they want it officiated.
2: Okay, the guy from uh, Williams from Minnesota gets his hands on, if that's Burgers he's getting his hands on uh, and getting his arms around, how can he tackle him without putting his weight on this big monster? You know, I mean, the, when, when these guys are going to try to roll a guy like, Roethlisberger to the ground, well, he's not going
4: to go down. He's going to step away and complete a pass. Yeah, and that's the problem with, like, what you know, we watched the Anthony Barr film, which is really what stemmed this. I mean, the NFL wants to protect its quarterbacks. It doesn't do well uh, ratings-wise when guys like that are are not playing in the game. And that's, of course, you're never going to get the lead to come out and say that. They're saying that they want to protect the quarterback who's in a defenseless position. Well, what are you going to do when a guy like Aaron Rodgers pump fakes? I mean, that's what he's known for. Like him, Russell Wilson, guys who can, you know, escape the pocket, pump fake, and then, you know, throw on the run. That's the issue that we saw there where, you know, Barr waited. He had a lot of two steps before he tackled him. He waited and he made what looked like a good tackle. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, where the, quarter, where the quarterback was, whether he was in the pocket, whether he wasn't. I don't know. It's confusing and it's stupid and, you know, I don't know how you teach it any differently unless you're teaching them to literally wrap up with their arms and then swing their bot, their, their lower half of their body around uh, to, to try to take the body weight off. I don't know. Maybe the quarterbacks should wear scales, and, and then we can tell if it's more than 50% of their body weight. You can say it's the majority of your body weight that they're trying to take off of uh, quarterbacks on sacks and tackles. Well, that's, that's my only You my would only think
2: that with them. this, they would have to go back to very aggressively start calling in the grasp. If if I get my arms around a guy, he's down. You know that you know that like they were calling it ten, twelve years ago. Remember, everybody was whining about in the grasp. But you know you're going to have to start calling in the grasp if somebody has somebody secure, but they can't take them to the ground with emphasis. You know.
4: Yeah, and that I, you know, it's it brings up the larger question of for the helmet rule and dragging the person into the ground. That doesn't. I don't know how that's going to change at the NFL level right now. Big picture wise, that's something that in youth football and when kids are just starting to learn how to tackle, that's where the the changes need to come because you're asking players to to adjust to something that is physically impossible. The speed that you're playing, um, and I and I and I know that my, I asked Mike Zimmer about it after the game. Like, what was the explanation you got? Because clearly he was not happy with it at first, but. Um, if he was that calm about it and saw that, you know, just, you know, he looked like Williams looked like his head was to the side, everything was to the side, it was just that extra push at the end, that one can be remedied a little bit easier than the helmet rule, which I think is just going to cause controversy controversy throughout the preseason. And, you know, you really hope that it doesn't end up becoming something that, you know, there's a 15 yard penalty uh, at the end of a, you know, becoming a game deciding factor and, you know, a reason that somebody loses their job or, or you know, a team has not advance
2: to the playoffs all right thanks courtney all right thank you all right courtney cronin covers the vikings for espn.com and I, when i was communicating with her today i i offered her a time and her response was you betcha so it didn't take her long to be a minnesota no, she's, not at at all. All. she's no. one of us she is uh definitely uh you know unlike Guerrero from gary indiana she can say you betcha she's one of us already
1: John Height with us, Sports Up. Thank you, Patrick. Twins and White Sox, they will be playing, well, tonight they'll be playing at the Target Field. Got out. a of seats are available this evening if yeah. you want to wander on down there. Those crowds weren't bad over the weekend. No, I was weren't. surprised. August, man. 30,000. rural folks come in August. Yep. Uh, they'll play the White Sox tonight down at Target Field. This is a makeup game. Mm-hmm. Uh, then tomorrow uh, they will be playing in Chicago. In fact, they'll play a two game series in Chicago against the White Sox. Uh kind of a weird schedule. They then come back home for four games against the A's and then hit the road again. Oh, the A's are finally here. Huh? Yes. Wow. Yep. It'll be a weekend series, four-game mm-hmm. weekend series. They uh, haven't played Oakland at all this year. No? I don't think so. Tonight, Stephen Gonsalves makes his major league debut for the Twins. Lucas Giolito uh, will pitch for the White Sox. Facing Giolito will be this lineup. Maurer, Rosario, Polanco, Sano, Kepler, Garver, Cave, Austin, and Adrian's... Uh, Austin, is she Austin's homer the other night? The one that went... Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, he, he's, uh Oh, He's, uh, he's strong the if they happen to hit his bat. Exactly. Uh, kicker Kai Forbath who has been with the Vikings the past two seasons released today. Uh, both uh, the team uh, had drafted Auburn kicker Daniel Carlson in the fifth round of last spring's NFL draft. Uh, Carlson obviously uh, winning the battle of kickers at training camp. Forbath 32 for 38 on field goal attempts last season, but missed a lot of extra points. Uh, he joined the team during the 2016 season after the release of Blair. This kid'll
2: kid kick a 60-yarder in the in the Ziggy this spring and uh, this uh, fall, I predict.
1: Uh, speaking of Carlson, kickers, kick him a mile. Uh, speaking of kickers, Sebastian Janikowski has a new job. Really, he's won the Seahawks' kicking competition. Uh, they announced today they've cut Jason Myers, leaving Janikowski mm-hmm. as the only kicker on their roster. Myers, who previously played two and a half years with the Jaguars, made both of his preseason field goals, but Seattle decided to go with the more experienced Janikowski. He is now 40 years old. Trying to fill the big shoes of Blair Walsh from last season.
2: (laughs) Blair anywhere? Anybody seen Blair? I don't think anybody signed him. Nobody. He didn't get a job.
1: Uh, Janikowski's 40 years old, spent his entire career with the Raiders until this offseason when he signed that one-year deal with Seattle. uh, He missed... All of last season with a back injury, and the Seahawks say he's been kicking well. And you'll uh, have to be time. very happy to be kicking
2: on artificial turf for the first time in his. Life. No, wait. Does Seattle have grass?
3: No, it's uh, not no, turf. turf. Okay, and turf. Yeah.
2: better than kicking
1: off the infield in. Uh,
3: in Oakland. Uh, in
1: Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like the Redskins are signing Adrian Peterson. It is a one-year deal. Uh, Peterson, it'll be his 12th NFL season with his fourth team, of course. He needs 37 rushing yards to pass Jim Brown and crack uh, crack the top 10. I'm glad to see
2: him get a job. Somebody told me he's a new father.
1: (laughs) Mm Hmm, That's what I heard.
0: Hmm. He's a new father. You know, there's a decent chance if you say that every six months. It could be true.
4: <laughs> That'd be eight.
1: Eight is enough. Eight is enough. Oh, my God. Minnesota has tabbed true freshman walk-on Zach Anikstead as the starting quarterback to open the season. Gopher coach P.J. Flack announcing after practice today that Anikstead will be behind center August 30th against New Mexico State. Flex says he's not planning a rotation between Annexted Stead and redshirt freshman Tanner Morgan, but the I coach said. Tell, we need
2: some quarterbacks coming in here. Well, we got one. Uh, Vic Veramontes. <laughs> this guy's unbelievable.
1: <laughs> the coach said he. This tape makes you say wow. <laughs> <laughs> the coach said he expects Morgan to see action later this year. Annick is a native of Norceland who transferred from Mankato West High School to the IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida. His older brother, Brock, is also a wide receiver for the Gophers. and extent is a walkout on paper, but he had a few Power 5 scholarship offers, including one from Pittsburgh. Only eight teams in the FBS finished with fewer passing yards per game than the Gophers in Boy, 2017.
2: They are, there is no Gopher conversation going on right now. It is, is weird. You're it right. Is, there uh, is very little. Yeah. Considering all the BS that flies, it's... Uh, You'd think there'd be more
1: conversation. Uh, Mike Tirico will yes. replace Dan Patrick as host of NBC's Football Night in America pregame and postgame shows. Oh, really? That's too bad. I, I like Tirico, but Patrick was really good at that. And Tirico will join last year's crew of Rodney Harrison. Yep. Nailed Tony. it, Kenny. Nailed it. Tony Dungy and Mike Florio at NBC Studios in Stamford, Connecticut. Pretty- I have never watched a moment of it, but I'm very upset. I like
3: Dan
2: Patrick too. I've never seen a moment of it, but I, I like
0: him. <laughs> uh, but the sad uh, thing is that show actually generated a gigantic number every week because it was you know it would pre- uh, be right before the big uh, yeah. game on Sunday
1: night. I like Patrick. I've never. never seen him in a minute of it. I have oh, no God. idea. Yeah. Tariqo holds a wide array of roles for NBC. He's worked as host for the Olympics, Triple Crown Racing, and Notre Dame football. 2018 will mark his 23rd season hosting or working play-by-play on a primetime NFL broadcast. All right, that's enough, Johnny. Thank okay, you. you. you're welcome.
2: I I think the uh, dream of the uh, Twins losing ninety has pretty well disappeared, don't you? Yeah, that home stand. They're uh, fifty nine and sixty four, so that's uh, one hundred and twenty three games. Right? There's only thirty nine left. They would have to go thirteen and twenty six, and they got to yeah. have enough games left in the division to prevent that from happening. Including three <laughs> against the Whitey's here. Oh, the Whitey's right now. Although the Whitey's, I predict that when Cleveland falls off. The Whiteys are further ahead than everybody else. You as think far so? As, uh, as far as becoming the team that can win 83 games and win the division in yeah. a couple of years. <laughs> I think Cleveland's got another year or two, right, to, to be dominant.
3: But the Whiteys... Before they start losing The guys. Whiteys
2: have uh, kind of... They've gone young before everybody else, and they got some good young players. They need pitching, obviously. But the... Uh, yeah, 59-64. Wouldn't it be something if these uh, boys stumbled into 500. Well, there's a decent chance they could. They're they're five games under. And the best thing that happened, I I said this on Twitter a couple hours ago, best thing that's happened to him since July 20, late July, is uh, Sunil. Sunil looks like he can move. You know, he's moving at third base. Okay, looks a lot better at third base than when a ball's hit down there to his left. And if it's more than one step away from him, he can get to it. And uh, at the plate, He's got a hint he's got an idea he's not just walking up there just swinging at everything, and, everything and, and, yeah. and and having no idea what he's doing he's he's hit the ball away he's taken the ball the other way and uh he's you know he looks if if you could have this Sanal right now this condition two seventy five or whatever he is you know probably still two seventy five between two seventy 270 and two seventy five You'd take it, right? I would, yes, I, or, I, I was I'd I I'd take this and all because this and all hit 35 or 40 home runs and drive in 100.
3: Yeah, I was at the game yesterday, and it looked like he made a nice play actually at third where he went mm-hmm. kind of deep towards the the Tigers dugout and made a nice throw. For, he just looks like he can move around a little bit yes. better, and like you said, he's stepping up to the plate, and he looks like he knows what he's doing up there, and, and he's, he's not, not just up just there not giving a damn.
2: Violent, well, he just was taking this violent, pulling off the ball, this violent uppercut swing, yeah. and now he's staying on a pitch once in a while, hitting it the other way, and he's discovered that it'll go out just as easy to right center when he hits it mm-hmm. as it will to left center. The
0: other thing, though, that worried me over the weekend is he's he's got a spot in the lineup, but Polanco's not your shortstop. He, he had a couple of plays over the weekend against Detroit that I'm like, oof. He's not consistent enough to be a big-league shortstop on a team that you hope is in contention. He played
2: better last year, the second half. I mean, the last two months than he is right now. Yeah. He's just he's going to be their. He's the second, second baseman. baseman. Yeah, he's going to be their second baseman, and then they don't have their shortstop. Well, the per- no, he's in single A, Lewis. Yeah, well, that's. I mean, they need one. They need one now for next year, right? Exactly. They need one between now and then. It's not Nick Gordon. Not, not Nick Gordon's obviously not ready. You know who else? I am he's
0: just not done, a done shortstop. with? Who? Jake Odorizzi. Oh my God. Yeah, He's making Lance let He's Lance Litt. God, he throws a lot of pitches. Jesus, the first inning yesterday, because I watched a little bit before I had to go to our yeah. game, but he went one, two, was, three, and he was went full exact count. Same thing. Every guy, yeah. he threw 23 and, and pitches. St- and
3: you know, you know what else, two Reavers? In the second inning, at least in the first inning, he threw a lot of pitches, but at least he was moving at a, at a decent pace. Oh. Second inning, for whatever reason, he just started slowing down. He, For whatever uh, reason, it made no well, here's sense. Here's his
2: problem: he just doesn't have any movement really. He, he just throws it. He tries to throw it at different elevations, and he tries mm-hmm. to he tries to get you to uh, foul that fairly high fastball uh, back, and then throw it another two inches higher and hope you chase it. Right? Yes. I mean, that's his out pitch is the high fastball, but is he doesn't really have. The stuff to go after hitters. He's he's you know. Well, if he gets behind,
0: no, he's screwed. Yeah. You know, if he if he's down three one to a guy, he knows he's in trouble.
2: Yeah, he. Uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, they're not gonna be able to trade him. They'll just probably let him walk. Don't you think? Non tender him. Yeah. Yeah. I probably non tender him. Otherwise, he because it. You know, he does. At the end of the year, he's gonna be what four and a half, four and a half ERA. Probably four, four yeah. point two, four point three, something like that. I don't even have him look. Yeah, he's uh, you know Tampa. It's ordinary. Tampa cheated us, man. They cheated us. <laughs> they 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 traded us a starting pitcher, and they then then they convinced us to sign a thirty-eight home run hitting DH.
0: Why did they get the better of those two deals? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, releasing Logan Morrison, they got the best of that deal. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, they they cheated us. Uh, so who uh, is your
0: rotation next year outside of Barrios and if they don't trade Gibson, well, if they bring him Panetta's
2: back? Well, Pineda's probably, gonna, the one guy is probably going to make oh, a couple of Pineda. starts in September I about, yeah. Pineda, but I think it's a little premature to say, he'll be in your rotation. But if they, Isn't if, it? if. Romero,
3: Gonsalves. If if, Gibson, if Oda Rizzi let's say this is it for Oda Rizzi and he's gone, yeah. I mean, is it probably more likely that they would keep Gib- Gibby then and not trade well, they'll him? they'll keep Gibby, I think.
2: You know, they might have to sign Gibby to a three-year deal. It's yeah. easier, you know, he and Barrios are your guys, right?
0: Because he has one more year of arbitration, mm-hmm. correct, Gibson? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: What's your feeling on Barrios, boys? I'm starting to agree with your son.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Not an ace. Not an ace, but not he's still a guy prop- that probably a number two or, or been number a rotation, three. But yeah, not an ace. You know, not a not a guy going head to head with uh, uh, Chris Sale at his best or something like that. So. I, I, that's, that's probably going into next year. going to, but that and find as you say, finding a shortstop will probably be their biggest, biggest problems. And of course, what are they going to do? Are they going to bring Buxton back and let him play in September? Let him play in September. Well, you almost have to at this point, don't you? Play him for three weeks and see how bad it is.
3: If, If you're going into the off season now, with and Jake, you're looking at
2: Jake Cave and Tyler Austin and
3: Well, if you're looking at free agency, I mean, obviously you're not I mean, forget about like Bryce Harper and all mm-hmm. that, you know, all that other stuff. But who are you what what type of player are you looking at to add in to say, okay, this guy can at least help us a little bit? I mean, we're not going all in on trying to win next year, but we got we need bodies. So I mean, who do you who are you even looking at? What type of player are we? I call you up
2: Cleveland. At? Say, I want Francisco Lindor, and you can have any five. You can take any five you five? want. You can have
3: five. <laughs> okay. You
2: can have five. I want Lindor. That's it. <laughs> you can take any five you want. You can't take my in the big leagues. They gotta be big league guys. You gotta take five in the big leagues.
0: Yeah, well, they'd laugh at you at that point. What? What five big leaguers would they want? I don't know.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> I don't know.
2: They could have Kepler, Buxton, Snow? Uh, Brios. Bobby Wilson. Bobby <laughs> Brioson. Yeah, Bobby. Gibby. They could get Bobby to frame the hell out of it, man. I don't know. That's, uh, I guess that's what I do. No, I don't know
3: what you, you do. You know what? Castro? Maybe throw Castro in there. He'll be back and he healthy. And, back, you know, yeah, we
2: got him for another year, thank God.
3: That's the other thing, uh, though, too. They gotta, <laughs> they they gotta, gotta, gotta find a catcher. Because yeah. Castro just, yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I love Bobby Wilson. I think he's a great guy. But the idea that you don't have Garber catching six out every seven games is idiotic. You got to find out, right? You got to yeah. at least see some. He's better than he was a month ago, but he'll still let at him. At least
3: he can it. hit a little bit. And, yeah,
2: yeah. But he's probably going to be your backup again. You need a number one catcher. I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, they, they will be. Next year they won't disappoint us. This year they we'll disappointed be, we'll be, us. Next year we'll be expecting, <laughs> we'll be expecting bad submediocrity. <laughs> so we won't be disappointed. The hell time. of a
0: banner ad to run yes, with for the twenty nineteen yeah. campaign.
2: <laughs> Just what you expect 2019, something like that We'll be back
1: Quiet please, we'll be on the air And now This day in history Patrick
3: Despite the nickname of the Papa Bear George Halas was not always lovable and cuddly In fact he was as tough and as crafty as anyone who ever competed in the NFL.
2: On this day in history, nineteen twenty, representatives of seven semi-pro football teams got together uh, at the Hopmobile Dealership in Canton, Ohio, and formed the American. Professional Football Association, uh, the uh, seven teams. And uh, Jim Thorpe was representing the Canton Bulldogs, for goodness sakes, as one of the teams there. But George Hallis was there representing the Decatur Staley's, and uh, they started Pro Football League. Uh, pro Football on uh, this season, and is considered the forerunner to the NFL. The season ran from December Uh, September 26th to December 19th Uh, but uh, the Hupmobile now you want to know what the Hupmobile was right? Mm -hmm. It was an automobile built from 1909 through 1939 by the Hup Motor Car Company the prototype was developed in 1908. The first Hupmobile model, the Hup 20, was introduced at the 1909 Detroit Automobile Show. It was an instant success. So if you got a, a finely conditioned Hupmobile from about 1930, you're <laughs> in good shape. But anyway, uh, George Hallis, amazingly, was uh, one of the founders of the NFL, and he was still... Running the Bears in the uh, 1980s, 1970s. I went down and saw him in the 80s uh, and and went, to, went down there and lined up. He and his buddy, his ticket guy, were running a little Bears office. He was no longer running the team, but he was running a little Bears office downtown when his old buddies would stop and pick up their tickets and they'd take the money. And I spent uh, about three hours there. And I'd heard these horror stories about what a jackass he was. He was the nicest old guy that ever lived. There, (laughs) great big hands. Was
0: it because he was removed from his old position? Yeah,
2: and he was because nobody came and saw him. You know, he was and he got his scrapbooks out and they had them all there and it was great. Okay. But my favorite George Hallis story ever is when the Vikings defeated them thirty-seven to thirteen in the first game the Vikings ever played. And the bus was getting ready to go back to the Minneapolis airport to fly them home. And George walked in the bus, looked around at his team, because they only had like 35 players then. Mm -hmm. So they were on one bus. And he said, you're all a bunch of short (laughs) C-words. That was... And not, you're acting like no, one, you no, are no, one. No, you are one. You are, short C words. You're not acting like one. <laughs> anyway, this day, NFL started. Uh, nobody would have known it. They're sitting on the fender of a Hupmobile, and they've formed what we have now today.
0: Tell me you will try to slip away
1: somehow.